Welcome to That Comic Smell Podcast. With your hosts, David Robertson, Fernando Pons, Mike Sadaka, and Tom Stewart. Hey everyone, Tom here. Uh, back in September 6th, we did a episode where we filled in on the Lakes Comic Art Festival podcast. I, I do my regular review section over there, small pressed. And we did like a bootleg episode where we did like a bunch of reviews and stuff like that. And this is the point where we're going to release it onto our feed in case you missed it. Do go across to the Lakes Comic art festival podcast and give them a subscribe give them a wee listen download some episodes you can also find them across on twitter at comic art fest pod whilst i've got you all here i just want to take a second to tell you about some kickstarters to go and check out so good comics have got a kickstarter up at the minute at good underscore comics on twitter it's four new comics from ramsey natasha natarajan nikki Muñedos. And Emery Altindiag, I think that's how you say all their names. I apologise if I butchered any of them. And the new Good Comics Anthology, the Good Comics Reader uh, number two. That has currently 19 days to go at time of recording. They're asking for a wee bit more than what you would normally ask for, but as you can hear from the description, it is not just one comic, it is a number of comics and their anthology as well, so I think it warrants the extra money that they're asking for it, most definitely. Also, Good Comics have always done like top quality comics. Um, something a wee bit different, but they've got a unique eye, and I really enjoy their stuff. Uh, Sam, Rosie and Paddy um, really do have a, have a really good eye for amazing comics, so check that out. Good Comics, new releases 2021 on Kickstarter. Next we have Future, a sci-fi graphic novel about hope, love and time travel. Future is a 121 page full colour original graphic novel from Tom Woodman, Rupert Smithson, Aditya Bidikar and is the debut project from the new independent publisher Cast Iron Books. Tom got in touch a wee while ago, quite a while back now. Um, it, the book was kind of sitting in limbo at, this, at that point but it's now up on Kickstarter. It has been funded. Um, but it looks really great. Some amazing art and looks like a really interesting story. I'm actually really looking forward to that one coming future on Kickstarter. And from Lucy Sullivan and Fraser Campbell, Indexed, I-N-D hyphen X-E-D, Indexed. Marked by those who control her society as a non-person, a young woman follows a clue to the city to find out why she has been indexed. You know, here on That Comic Smell, we're really big fans of Lucy Sullivan and we really love the work of Fraser Campbell as well. It means they've both had some great titles between them, Barking, The Edge Off, newest one from Tribute Press, Knockout and Tiger Style. Some amazing work overall from both creators. So the artwork right off the bat is going to be incredible and Fraser is a, a writing machine. He just pumps stuff out all the time. So check it out, that's on Kickstarter. Indexed. 
And lastly, from Gustavo Fargus, there is Puno, a Peruvian cyberpunk comic in a dystopian world of cyborgs, robot dogs and gangsters. Gustavo's got a really amazing style about him and, and I think he is a, a man who really knows his way around a, a good bit of cyberpunk. Well worth checking out. I mean, his previous titles, Manu and Lima, and I think it's pronounced Trujillo. I could be wrong. It could be just Trujillo. I think it's Trujillo. Um... But yeah, this newest instalment, Puno, is well worth a check out. That has 20 days to go at the time of recording. has <laughs> smashed its goal, but if you want it with a chance of getting a top quality comic, then give it a check out. Puno, by Gustavo Fargus. And that's all the Kickstarters that have popped up at the minute. Um, go check them out. Go look up all the creators and everything on Twitter, etc. Give them a follow. Keep up with their work, and I will leave you to the show. I hope you enjoy it. There will be an intro that plays again, but we did something a wee bit different here, so check it out. Thanks very much, folks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the official Lakes International Comic Art Festival podcast. My name's Luke. What is this? Give me a good shake. Get us back in. There we go. With your host, David Robertson, Fernando Pons, Mike Sadaka, and Tom Stewart. Hello and welcome to Small Pressed, the comic review section of the Lakes International Comic Art Festival podcast with myself, Tom, and some very, very special guests. Considering this is a bootleg episode, I brought in some guest voices. We have the mighty Mike Sedaka. Hello. <laughs> we have the absolutely ultimate Fernando Pons. Hi there. And the man with a plan, David Robertson. Hello. Hey, I've got my TCS crew here. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, um, considering Ian and Nicky had left the reins to Pete, Mike and myself, uh, Pete and Mike put out an episode last time, two weeks ago, uh, I thought I'd chime in and get the lads in here to do some reviews. I mean, we get sent stuff across at that comic smell all the time. We don't sometimes don't get a chance to speak about it, so let's collect a bunch of stuff up, sit and chat about it, small press, big press, everything you've got, anything. We are going to chat comics, and we are just going to get right into it. And this is basically going to be like a That Comic Smell episode, so if you don't listen to us, we'll uh, give you all the details at the end, and you can uh, nip across and give us a follow and a like and everything. But... Without further ado, we are going to crack on. Nando? So! <laughs> reviews! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Um, I've got a... Do you know what? Out of my lot that I've got tonight, 
Um, mm-hmm. I've actually got a rather big one to speak about. I got given what? by... Uh, I what got a the... show off. I know. I got given by uh, Tony Esmond when he was up visiting us. I think Dave will know what I'm on about. Okay. Yes. Possibly. I don't know if you... You might have read it, actually, Nando, when I think about it. But before we get into that, how you all doing? All good? Very good. Thank you. Absolutely wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I, I I still function. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> That's no, I still function is never a... Uh, a good intro. <laughs> I'm not convinced, Mike. I know. I'm still functioning. Are you sure about that, Mike? <laughs> that's not compute. <laughs> oh, that's more like him, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, we're uh, half of us are back to work and half of us aren't, aren't we? At the minute. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So it's a I'm bit... working part-time at the moment. Part-time? Yeah. Three Jeez. days a week so far. Oh well, but really busy. The days I'm working is really busy day. Mm. I can imagine there'd be everybody flowing in from uh, the past what? How many months we'll be <laughs> stuck inside? Well, uh, four months lockdown. <laughs> uh, so it's nearly five months back. Look, we have. Wow. So yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of work. So yeah, the days go really fast. That's mm. that's the main thing. But yeah. You've been working during lockdown, Tom, have you? Yeah, I've just kept going. Just kept going. The business is picking up now. There's everybody's going away on holiday, so yeah, it's all uh, it's all getting back on track. Those dogs and cats and everything else ain't gonna look after themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and if they did it'd be a pretty big miracle, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> uh Dave, I saw you had an interview today that went up. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Zine Love, it was yeah. Who's it that runs that? No, uh, I guess in... I don't know if I'm even pronouncing his name properly. There, sorry. I guess I guess then with a P, Pettigrew. Oh right, okay. Uh, yeah, I guess then Pettigrew. I keep saying I guess then, so if it's wrong, I'm really gonna regret that. <laughs> Iestin, I think is how you say it. Iestin. Sorry, Iestin. You've said, <laughs> you've definitely said it enough now. Um, <laughs> I was uh, I was given it a read before um, before we came on, and uh, yeah, it was really good. It was uh, good to see you sort of giving your usual kind of almost words of encouragement in a way. With uh, you've got a good line in there about. Um, well, the the gist of it is basically that you realised that you weren't going to be as good, or well, oh, you said you said that you weren't going to be as good as yeah Al Williamson, and once you got to that, it almost like opened up everything to you. Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, I mean, it took a long time, um, but once I thought I'm never going to be as good, and then even if I did become as good, well, what's the point of that? It would be somebody that draws like Al Williamson then. Yeah. I just had to forget that and just uh, draw and see what it looked like and live with that and try and improve on that all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a good philosophy to have though, and it was good to see that you know that's that's kind of out there now and encourages people to 
like if somebody sees that they'd be more encouraged to kind of be like yeah i hope so i hope so um <laughs> i mean uh i mean it works for some people doesn't it i mean look at like the uh mike who's the cadillacs and dinosaurs guy again schultz is it yeah uh chat hang on he's got his book over here yeah maybe maybe any of you would remember that but he's very al williamson you know yeah. worked for him yeah um but i just thought i'm not gonna do that you know it's yeah, I mean, even Al Williamson himself was very um, it's, uh, like Mark Alex Schultz. Raymond, Mark Schultz. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I just thought I'm going to go some other way. Nice. Yeah, it was a it was good interview. It was good to do that. It's always nice to have a think about these things. Was that just a was that just an email one? Yeah. Right. Nice. Yeah, it was. It's good. So that was Zine Love. Zine love, check it out. Nice, nice. Mike, you've just had a a comic come out recently, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, not available at the moment, but it's all hopefully, hopefully, when things get a wee bit more normal, we'll be able to start selling some of them. Nice. But it's my my first solo comic. Nice. And it's about. It's called uh, the Real Prehistoric Beasts. And it's six chapters of famous uh, prehistoric animals in what could be a day in their lives. And at the end of every single chapter, there's a page of interpretation, giving you a wee bit of facts as to how we think the animals may have lived. Hmm. And their history as well, from when they were discovered. Nice one. Well, mm-hmm. I am... Uh, I might... Um, we'll, we'll get into that as we're getting near the end, because we'll go through... Cause, uh, well, it was announced on uh, it was announced on Tony's Never Iron, Any- Iron Anything podcast with uh, Dave when he was on it. But we have a uh, a nice little comic that's coming soon from all of us. Uh, <laughs> so we'll get into that once we've got through all the reviews, and we'll have a wee chat about that afterwards as well. And we've got all uh, we've got all the space to play with now. I feel I feel naughty. We're doing all this on somebody else's somebody else's <laughs> space. This is great. <laughs> Yeah, let's trash the place afterwards. <laughs> well, hang on, I'm home. Dude, this is we bum. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is um, big bum. This is uh, Ian and Nikki coming in after uh, we've been on and cleaning up all the booze and the the, the smashed tellies and everything. Oh, I need to get this out of here. God, what a mess! What a mess of traffic going. <laughs> traffic going up on a statue's head <laughs> uh, no no we're more respectable than that uh, I would. <laughs> uh, so yeah who wants to go first what have you been what have you been reading what have you been reading folks well first of all during lockdown i read quite a lot of comics um and i had plenty of time to do that so that was good um but there were a few comics that you lend me Tom, and they have actually been sent to us. Um, and also, there's a couple of comics I read recently. Just, um, just, um, just as a, a backup, there a wee minute. You, uh, you did read a lot over lockdown. You also did a Nando's comic of the day for how many days? Uh, one hundred and twenty. <laughs> yeah, one hundred and twenty. Where you basically yeah. gave us four or five images of a comic book that you've been reading. Or that yep. you were recommending, 
Uh, so you had usually the cover sort of inside pictures, and then a kind of it was almost like a synopsis and then a review in a way. It was sort of a review wrapped in a synopsis of like yeah, the creative team and the history to... and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but for a, a, what, a hundred odd days to to be able to smash that out, I mean, that's that's some feat. You know what I mean? Like writing something that long and that thought out and metho- like that sort of method of going through everything as well and jotting it all down for that many days, that, that took a lot of effort. Um, did you uh, did you ever think of giving up before 120? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I, look, I started. It wasn't planned. Uh, it was the Saturday morning, if I remember correctly, and um, I was reading "Commandy" by Jack Kirby, and everyone was feeling down and. Uh, in the dumps because of the lockdown and you know people was off work etc etc and and I saw that and I thought you know well yeah this is about a post-apocalyptic sort of dystopian <laughs> future um, but there was a letter as well published um, a text by Jack Kirby and I thought yeah I need to put this in the email so I just started that Saturday morning and I just sent you that email you guys and and then the next day, I said, well, I'll do another one. The next day was Mother's Day, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. Um, and then I just, every day, I just send you one. I just choose one from the bookshelf. And, and I try to keep it very, you know, try to make a mix of things. Uh, not to do too many Marvel, not too many DC, do some independent, do some European. And, and yeah, I, I kept going, kept going, kept going. And then uh, 120, I thought, yeah, that's a... You know, I've spoken about a few comics I wanted to say, and then that's, I think that's a fine number to stop. Yeah. yeah. You um, you sent them primarily to us through the email, but I, I sort of copy and pasted them and put them up on Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. I put them up on Instagram later, so I was doing them as like a backdated, so it was like mm-hmm. a, a week or so, and then I just slowly but surely caught it up to the point of when you stopped. I think that was only that w- there was only about a week. That I was caught up, and then you stopped, which was great. It worked in really well, um, but you got a lot of response, and you got a lot of response from pretty big names as well. Yeah, I mean, I was quite surprised to hear people like Karbosiek, Mar Miller, <laughs> you know, just to name two names, you know, just like that. That you know, they say, "Oh, I'm glad you liked it," and and they were, you know, happy that we're talking about their comics. That was no my intention in any way. I'm no I'm not in social media, so to me that means. But it was big for me that they, you know, actually reply to to us and and to to my little review of what you know I like the comic and what I thought about it. So that was that was big for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. We had a, we had a lot of. Um... We had a lot of response from the creators. We had um, like the the artist behind Axe Cop as well. Like that was very yeah. early on. He kind of sent it on and stuff and said, "Oh, this is great." Um, we had the official Will Eisner's the Spirit account actually yeah. getting back, like the actual designated one as well. Yeah. So some publishers from you know from Fantagraphics to I don't know. I think I, th- I had 
Davitaj as well. Yep. I mean, it's, it was it was it was really good. I mean, that they answered and replied to us. So yeah, that was yep. that was great. It it, it it seems like just such a little gesture, but it means a lot when you're typing something up like that. I mean, it's the same kind of response as making a book and then somebody speaking about it, much like we're a way to do, you know, to creating something and then hearing feedback on it. Even just the littlest thing of, like, really enjoyed this. You know, it really means yeah. a lot. Um, I think that's that's also why when we get stuff through or we find something that we really, really enjoy we come together and kind of chat about it. You know what I mean? Um, speaking of which, what have you, what have you got first? Uh, well, I'm going to start with the black iris. Ooh. Nice. I Russell Mark Olson, which is a landscape comic. Uh, it's a speechless, so there's no speech bubbles on it. Um, it's all inked. And it's one-page illustrations. And it's a Second World War spy story. Um, really nice, actually. Or something that... The story itself is very short, but the art is, is, is lovely. It's mm-hmm. really, really nice. Um, and the narration on it is fantastic. Considering it's just one-page illustration, you know, per yeah. page, that's it, so... Uh, I really enjoy the inks. I really enjoy how everything has been put in the uh, all the action because there's actually quite a lot of action. There's few things going on. Um, so yeah, I enjoy that very very much. Um, I would say, and that's just my little but. I don't like the cover so much. Oh really? Oh, but if you go into page two or, or just. I prefer that illustration. I prefer that. Let's see if I can... Okay, yeah, the Lauren Bacall eyes kind of thing. Yeah. I prefer that than the actual one that he's chosen for the cover. Personally, that's just my opinion, but, I mean, the whole book is fantastic. That, yeah. would, that would be my own thought. I, I prefer more that illustration, which is the... I mean, the author... Um, Russell Mark Yeah, he, he said that that was the origin of the story kind of thing so i prefer more that that illustration there so that cover is beautiful mm-hmm. so yeah really nice job yeah, so, yeah that was nice surprise because uh, i didn't know him and i really enjoyed that very much russell's um russell's an excellent artist like an absolutely beautiful artist that was his inktober so that was his images that he was doing you know one a day through october yeah, I, th- yeah. I think he um I think he kind of stopped and then he picked it back up again, sort of near the end of October, and just blasted through and made that yeah. made that. Um, yeah, he explains that in the book. There, he has a little text and explains about it. And but there's the sketches as well at the back, how he plants. So yeah, it's uh, it's a really nice, it's a really nice book that one. Yeah, it's a nice size as well. So it's like yeah. pro- you you get the you actually get the art on full display. The way it is, you know, it's it's not like a wee toty book to kind of no. sit looking at, like squinting eyes at this beautiful detail. It has actually got it as a as a proper. It kind of reminded me of like a sketchbook kind of size. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's just the landscape that just works visually really well with the story. So it's, it's you know, it, it could seem oh, it's just a gimmick. No, actually, it just it makes the, it gives you the feeling of of a movie of mm-hmm. a 
know, of that sort of idea. And obviously, if he was based or the karate is based in Lauren Bacal, then you know more reason for it to use that sort of technique. So yeah. I think it works really well. I really enjoy that. He's got a he's got a new one that's coming out quite soon uh, that he sent a preview through. I think it's in our review folder, and it's called Ditch Angels, and it's like one page. Uh, pictures it doesn't follow as much of a, a narrative Tom, um, yeah Tom, um that's one of the ones i'm going to talk about in a few minutes yeah yeah no no that's fine no 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 i'm just saying <laughs> just as a as a follow-up this uh you know it's it's uh it's much of the same kind of style um but it's one that you should if you enjoyed black iris you should you should check out ditch angels but if mike if mike's going to okay. talk about it he'll get into it but it's uh yeah it's a, lov- a lovely kind of thing but yeah russell's a Russell's a great artist. He also has a, a comic series that's sort of a noir um, type story called Gateway City um, that can be found. I think it's on like Comic House, the Comic House app and stuff, but you can also find it online and stuff as well um, through store and stuff. But yeah, just a, a really interesting, intriguing artist and storyteller, I think. He, he kind of he, he kind of sticks more traditional, I think, but with doing that, the Black Iris... Um, it kind of breaks form a wee bit just with those single beautiful painted pages with no words as well, is there? There's no words at any point. Yeah. No words. And yet, but the narrative is, is really good. Yeah. And you still get uh, a continuous narrative, is very good storytelling, even if it's just one page. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, it's really, really good. Uh, yeah. I was very impressed with that. Nice one. Nice one. Cool. Next one. That I've read recently, and again, very kindly, you lend me that, Tom. Um, the King by John Tucker. Hey, hey, so yeah, that's a about 48 pages of comic and covers a wee bit of a surreal story they are going on, and uh, but there is something quite I don't know, it's whimsically entertaining. That's what I wrote down in my notes. Okay. I enjoy that. There is, you know, there is something quirky going on. I don't want to spoil it, so I'm just going to do that. <laughs> That's it. You're not going to leave it like that. Um, lovely illustrations, one-page illustrations with text. Uh-huh. And the color is a monochrome, orange, Oh yes, um, lovely little book. Yeah, and there's a twist. <laughs> that's all. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully John will be happy with that. <laughs> I think that's most... Nando. Nando, what happens at the end? <laughs> it says, uh, at the end, he says, um... no, I can't tell you. Sorry. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> no. I think I think that describes most of most of John's kind of comics. The thing with the the King that I got was that it was uh, it, it was rather like he he has it in a lot of these other stories as well. Where there's bits throughout that are rather heartwarming, but I thought the the King overall was quite heartwarming, even with it being quite surreal. There was still a sort of very heartwarming yeah. element throughout it. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's. What makes it entertain as well, and and there's, you know, the surprise element as you're reading along. Okay, fine, and then you go, oh, <laughs> that 
that that moment, and then you go, okay. Um, but you keep going, and it's yeah, the, the, it's I don't know, the, the art is really good. Um, again, the story, uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit surreal, but very entertaining. So yeah, nice, lovely story. Good, good, good. Glad you enjoyed it. Yes, <laughs> it did actually. Yeah, yeah. Again, I don't want to spoil it, so. <laughs> You need to read it. Have you um, have you read John? Have you read much of uh, John uh, John Tucker's stuff? Uh, I don't think I have. Perhaps read something in the past a while ago, though. Uh, I'm just trying to remember. We through the review cube, um, but that's probably the one that. I, I've read the well. That's the last one I read from John. Right. Okay. That's okay. That's uh, yeah. You may end up finding some uh, other works coming towards you. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> the next one is the wonderful oh, nice. the pen queen vision is the one that I have here and. Fantastic by Alan Henderson. Now you've which... now you've got quite a lot of these ones a uh, hard copy as opposed to digital. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yes, because uh, when we went to Edinburgh to see his uh, his uh, what's the one I'm looking for exhibition exhibition and he has his new book coming out and some of the omnibus I bought one of the omnibus so so yeah. He very kindly invited us to go across, so we did. So, yeah, um, what can I say about Alan Henderson? I mean, you know, they're just one-liners or three panels. There's always a, <laughs> a joke there, you know. It just it just brings you happiness and joy, to be honest. It's just, you're feeling that in the dumps. You just need to read a couple of the pages, and that's, <laughs> that's you. Uh, I think that's probably the best way to define it. And there's many, there's many jokes that I love there. My kids lo- love it as well. They read it and they absolutely love it. And my wife even, my wife doesn't read comics and, and she's very happy reading The Penguin. She nice. loves that. That's the thing. It's because just being a joke, three panels, very straightforward. That's a pun. That's it, you know. Um, and it's for everyone. It's just, it's just great, you know. Yeah, Alan's uh, Alan's uh, sort of gives away. Well, he sells some of his originals quite cheap um, at conventions, and uh, one of Alan's originals is actually on our shelf in the living room downstairs. My, my other half was not not offended by the comic, and uh, <laughs> she uh, no, she uh, she really liked it, so we we stuck it up. Um, yeah, you're right. It does kind of. I think with the kind of strips that he does, the sort of one one liner jokes, um, it's a, it, it does have a, a more mass appeal to it. Definitely, it's good. It's really yeah. good stuff. Yeah, very, he he does a lot of these collections, and there may be a newer collection that's coming up uh, mentioned in the show later. But uh, yeah, there is uh, there's quite a number of them now, yeah, yeah. and and big big sort of Sunday strip ones and stuff as well. Like you said, like big omnibus things. Um, yep. they're well worth picking up. They're really good. Yeah. Oh, and it's obviously we have to mention that Alan 
is he still doing it online as well? Because I mean, that's how he started publishing online. Yep. Yep. Uh, just the strips, you know, kind of things. So yeah. So yeah, that's um, yeah, great stuff. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. <laughs> next one. Uh, the next one I have here is uh, a book published by No Brow, and is Gamayun Tales Volume One by Alexander Utkin. This is actually a an omnibus because it compiles three books of the series. Yeah. The books of the series. And um, essentially we are in these books we, we are reading about sort of legends and mythology um, Slavic uh, tradition legends and mythology. Um, it's a lovely lovely book. I love the art. It's so colorful. Um, what you see in the cover is what you find inside as well. So it's just there's so much color and and personally I've always been a fan of uh, mythology and legends um, and perhaps that's why I'm a fan of superhero comics as well in a way um, but yeah this is a a very entertaining all ages um, educational as well um, stories and books and yeah, it's, it's well worth to pick up. It's particularly this Onibus is a really good price. We get one of these chunky ones. Mm. So that's a, a lovely, lovely book. So Gamayun Tales, Volume 1 by Alexander Utkin. Or you can find the individual books as well. They all have been published by No Brow. They've done it in hardback, I believe, the independent, the individual books. Mm. So, yeah. They're, um... Well, the stories. Although you can read them individually, they are actually linked. So you can read the stories individually, separately. But with the omnibus, when you have them all together, there is a link mm. on the story. Going yeah. through. So that's, uh, I like that. They're um, they're really beautiful, beautifully le- rendered as well. Um, Just yeah, fantastic. I would. Fantastic. Um, I am curious though as to whether they're done um, digitally or traditionally though. No idea. No, I couldn't. I, I just couldn't put my finger on it at all. I like it very much. I know that because uh, you look at it and there's no, I don't know. It's, it's like it's just the color. In, in certain pages, it's like it's been just drawn, like it's just done with the with the colors rather than using ink. So yeah, very entertaining. Very good actually. Very entertaining book. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's really, really nice. And uh, all all ages, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, a, uh, let me just check with the publisher as well. It's, yeah, it's, it's comic and fantasy. And I've read it. and So, yeah, I've enjoyed it very much. Nice. Okay, again, with mythology and legends, there's always moments that there's a little bit more of violence or monsters. You're gonna get that. Uh, you get that in fairy tales as well. So, you know. Is it? Um, do you think you would um, give it to your kids if they were interested? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Good. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some monsters and stuff in it, but they're not. I don't think they're too. It's not like they're too terrifying or anything. No. 
No, no, as I said before, uh, you know, you need to take in consideration that in fairy tales and legends, mythology, you always find, you know, there'll be monsters and, or, you know, witches or wizards or, or any um, evil beings, you know, as part of the story. And at the end of the day, it's just, you know, part of life as well. So, yeah. Nice. But yeah, very, very, very good. Good. Okay. Uh, next one. This is something that came out really recently, actually. And it's by Image Comics. Whoa. But Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Pop. And this is a lovely graphic novel. It, it, it came out just just a few weeks ago. Uh, it's in hardback. It's a lovely edition. It's lightly just a fraction uh, it's kind of hardback. It's just a fraction taller than the comic book. But yeah, hardback. And it's a, it's just one story that's it, you know. It's, it's about 60-odd pages. Um, what can I say about the art by Phillips? I mean, it's just it's just his art, you know. It's, yeah, it's a, there's, it's a wee bit of a Western. It's a wee bit of um, kind of... Answer. There's many things. There's many elements there. I don't want to spoil it, but it's a really, really, really good story. Nice. I really enjoy that very, very much. I'll read the blurb at the back just to give you a, a taste of what um, to expect from the book. And it says, Max Winter used to have a different name and a different life a long time ago. Now, in 1930s New York, Max survives by writing thinly disguised tales of the man he used to be for the pulp magazines. Tales of the forgotten frontier and a wild west outlaw dispensing justice with a sex gun. It's going to leave it there. Oh. So, yeah, there is a little bit of a western in it. And I'm a, I'm a fan of western comics. So there is a little bit over there, Are but you... it's not Mister Comic, okay? No, it's somebody. It's somebody writing yeah. about it, effectively, isn't it? Yes, yeah. he essentially he writes Western pulp novels based on his youth, right? Okay, when cowboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um. You know? So it's there is a lot of different things going on there. It's very Ed Brubaker. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very good. And the art is really good as well by Sean Phillips. I mean, it's just fantastic. So I think, yeah, I recommend that. I think if I'm if I'm right in saying, I think um, I think it's Sean, I want to say it's Sean Phillips' son is either the colorist or the letterer on that as well. So it's just the three of them. They're doing the color. Colour, um, Jacob. Yes. Jacob so, Phillips. So basically yeah. they've got their own wee kind of in-house team going there, basically, the three of them together. Well, I I loved that graphic novel. I thought it was really good. I read it all in one go. I sat down and it was just... I, I received that through the post just last week. I sat down in the afternoon and I just loved it. How much does that set you back? 
well, in certain big, massive worldwide website, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave it like that, uh, it was about £10. All right, okay. Yeah. The retail price, I think, is around around the 15 but you could... There's certain sellers online that you could get it cheaper. Nice. But also, you know, your comic book stores, they may have it there, so... Give it a go. It's well worth the money. Cool. And last but not least, which I got recently as well, and I just read... I read that actually on Tuesday. Hey, hey. By Robert Kierman, our Chris Samney, again by Image Comics. I'm going to... Oh, this is great fun. This is great fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna join in with you on this one, mate. This was uh, this was the big one that I was going to speak about. Really, really good. I loved it. Nice. I loved it. So I got my hands. That's the 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 volume one prelude, which is one trade paperback. Um, again, it's really good. You get a big whack of pages here. Uh, and well, it's a story about. It's kind of, I don't know, if you remember the TV series Kung Fu, People from My Generation, with David Cardine, mm-hmm. there is a little bit of that, there is a little bit of um, martial arts, a master, apprentice, different clans. It's kind of a wee bit of Iron Fist yep. as well. From well, There is all these little elements, um, a little bit of Karate Kid, uh, I, I, I loved it. I really enjoy it. Um, Even with a Karate Kid reference in there as well. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Even with a Karate Kid reference in it. Um, but when I saw that I was coming out and I thought, well, it's Robert Kim and it's Chris and me. And I said, I love what they do. Uh, and I just, I need to get this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and a few weeks ago, I went to Glasgow with one of my friends and we go, we went to Forbidden Planet, so I do actually the free comic book day. Um, there were a few issues of it, and nice. I, I also have the following, you know, because that picks up after the the trade, the, the paperwork. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was Firepower by Robert Kierman and Chris Samney. Really good fun. No. Really good. I really love that one. No. I, uh... Now. I... I really enjoyed it, right? Um, yeah. I did. I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm, I'm mainly Tony. Tony gifted this to. Well, he put it on the table and said to me and Dave, you know, fight between each other. You can pick one. So I picked this first. We're just going to do switches later on. I, I, I mainly picked this for Chris Samney because I enjoy Chris Samney's art on Daredevil and and whatnot. Um, it's just beautiful pieces. Uh, I'm not a massive fan of Robert Kirkman. I do enjoy his writing. Don't get me wrong. I like what he does. It's in, and, and I've read countless issues of Walking Dead and whatnot, Battle Pope, all this kind of stuff. Pope. Um, yeah, but um, but there was certain a certain element of this I just didn't. There was bits that I just didn't think were well written. There was bits that kind of fell flat. I mean, on a whole, right? On a whole, I loved it. I would, I would, I want to continue with it. I really enjoyed it. But the bits that I would pick apart was some of the dialogue was clunky. 
Some of it was very cliche to the point I was just like, oh, come on, mate. You know what I mean? Uh, some of the references that the master comes away with were just like, what? Why is that in there? Is it just to appeal to the kids or what? But it it was in, in spirit of the character, so it was fine. It, it still worked and it still kept the pace going, which was fine. Uh, my main thing with it was that I was a bit underwhelmed that this was an image series from Robert Kirkman and Chris Samney. If somebody had told me that this was from a small presser, I would have been in awe, but I would have believed it more. The fact that this was right. a big series book from Image by like well-known names, I was a bit kind of like, oh, I feel like they could have done better. I love it. It's great. But I feel like they could have done better. I feel like they could have done bigger. And it, I should have been, I should have been more blown away by it. That um, me, just personally, be just personally, I, like I, I feel people, like I, I feel like I should have been blown away by it more. Some of the some of the splash pages and stuff that were in it as well were just underwhelming, like completely under, like oh, and now here's a massive page of a like a big, hey, what's the word I'm looking for, a like an airship. There's like a big massive airship thing. Uh, there's also bits where there's big explosions going off and uh, I don't know, they just didn't they didn't really they just didn't hold any weight or spectacle to them to warrant having as a, a splash page. It just felt like a massive like a one panel that felt blown up. There were single panels throughout it that I would have probably rather seen as a splash page. I think it was purely picked in that sense. I don't know. I only have one nitpick on the whole book, and it's at the beginning when the character sets a fire when he's camping, and he's camping in the top of the highest mountains. There's no, there's no bushes, there's no trees. So where the heck is getting the wood from to make the fire? <laughs> yeah, he's got like he's got like a massive fire as well. When I was reading, I thought, yeah, but where is he getting the wood from? That was the only thing. The rest I enjoy very much. I have no problems with the art or the story itself because we have to remember this is the prelude. This is just an introduction. This is not the big book. This is not the big finale. So I trust on Kirman and Samni that they are going to deliver and they're going to build this up. It is just a prelude, you're right, and I do get that, but also issue one is meant to be something that pulls you in. Volume one is meant to be the thing that pulls you in and really gets you going. And although it did, although it did, what was that? Certainly, it pulled me in. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. It, like I will keep reading. Yeah, it pulled me in. That's fine. But like I say, if 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 it didn't have the names on it, I would have guessed that this was somebody's work in the small press. Um, I would have been like, wow, like they've they've really pulled me in. Like this is really good. Like I hope it doesn't take too long for the next one. But if somebody then like that turned around and said, "This is Robert Kirkman and Chris Samney," I'd be like, "Um, ah." So you even more. Yeah, out of out of those names, yeah, definitely. I would expect well, something more. Don't get me wrong. If it builds to something huge, great, fantastic. Like if it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and even better, then fine. And like that, it is just a volume one, but it's a lot of pages. And they they really could have done a lot 
in amongst it but there's it's just kind of missing stuff but it is great fun you are right and like I say overall I did actually really really enjoy it more so than I thought I was going to enjoy it I thought it was great that's just me nitpicking that is me literally just nitpicking at it and it's it's kind of small these are just small niggles really I'm highlighting them but they're small niggles they're very small niggles so I am right you are wrong (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, I look forward to read more Firepower and I look forward to discuss it with you, Tom. Cool. Yeah, same. Same, buddy. Same. Very much so. I knew you would have read it. I was sitting reading of it. Of course. I, yeah. I was saying that. I'm like, you may have already read it, Nando. I'm like, yeah, of course he has. Of course he has. <laughs> And that's me. That's the ones I've read recently and reviewing today. Cool. Who's uh, who's wanting the next step up to the plate? <laughs> oh well, I'll, uh, I'll I'll go ahead then. Nice. Um, the the first one is I I finally got to get up on my uh, read my classics list, and I finished reading. B for Vendetta. Oh, nice! Yeah, I saw the I saw the film a few years back, and thought it was okay. Thought I'd read the book. The book is uh, really good. I enjoyed it. There is one flaw that I don't know if anyone else feels the same, but uh, there was a lot of times with some of the supporting characters, I couldn't tell some of them apart. At times, I found it quite difficult. So there were moments where I was thinking, hang on, isn't that person dead? Or isn't that person with someone else? And then I'd read on and I'd see it as someone else and I had ended up getting a few a few characters modelled up. But besides that, it's a compelling story and it's, it's fantastic if you like your uh, dystopia, your post-apocalyptic uh, stories where people are trying to get back to normality mm. so some of it is kind of relevant for today so um, yes I, I recommend B for D- Vendetta that um, is that not I was, I was kind of I was listening to something about that the other day does that not kind of fall victim a wee bit to the the fact that it was it was first produced in am I right in saying Warrior am I right in saying that yeah yeah there's an intro at the start of the, um, the comic and it was uh, produced in Warrior, and it went on for quite a few years yeah, as well. It and was then, a long time. And then there was a massive gap, mm. and then it was started up again. Yeah. Right, okay. But for me, the, any change of style that was mentioned at the intro of the book, I didn't really notice too much. Okay. The art style, that is. The art style was pretty much similar. Right, okay. There's a lot of interesting uh, pictures behind the book as well, so it tells you a little bit into goes into a wee bit of depth as to the uh, behind the scenes of the the graphic novel. Okay, okay, mm. it's it's something I've not read in a long, long time, and I can't really remember much about it. I uh, I'm one of those that I actually really, really enjoy the film. Um, I know a lot of people call sacrilege on that, but <laughs> I uh, I massively enjoy the film. Um, I didn't even know that V for Vendetta existed until I saw the film. Um, so I kind of saw that first 
so that was already that was kind of imprinted before I then read the comic. And it's although the comic is incredible, it's a, it's a really great piece. I, I kind of find it a slog sometimes to get through. Um, but that's that, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, it's uh, it is a seminal piece. It's, there is definitely something that everybody kind of has to to get on board of if you're a if you're a comics fan. I think. One plus with films is that they do introduce you to a lot of classic comics. And I was the same with The Watchmen and with uh, Constantine Hellblazer. I saw the films first and then I saw the comics. Nice. And you mentioned Ditch Angels. Yes. I absolutely loved it. Nice. I'm a Good. fan of uh, film noir. So the genre was really caught. He caught the essence of it all in this uh, this graphic novel. And it's like what you say, it's not so much a story, although you can invent stories in your head. It's most often uh, single captions. And I found that the, uh, the, the, the tones of the, the shading, the people, the clothes they wear, the architecture, even the lighting and style. So you have a very light background and all of a sudden you might see like a, a darkened uh, fist, clenched fist, and you know something bad is going to happen. And it, so some pictures were really relaxing and others showed that there was a tiny wee bit of danger involved, either coming or had already passed. And you might catch a glimpse of a, a victim. Um, uh, some, some of the, I, I put some of the names of some of the pictures, but I don't want to go into too much detail because uh, I think the best way you can appreciate them is to have a look at the pictures yourself because... Uh, so some pictures were absolutely outstanding and as if they were like made by the best graphic novelers for something like Sin City or or, yeah. uh, or a big Batman uh, issue. So I think they were really professional the way he did them. Uh, uh, Russell Mark Olson. Um, let's see, I've got, I've, I've got, um, here we go. There was one called Red Fountain and... Um, it, you, you could see it as a sort of lovers, couple of lovers, except when you're looking at them, you notice there's something wrong with one of them and you realise that something absolutely sinister has happened. Um, the, there was one who looked like uh, the villain from uh, James Bond, Jaws. Strong right. grip. That's the one, strong grip. All right, OK. It's It looks absolutely insane. Um and there was plenty of pictures of uh, rain pouring on the characters, like uh, like I say in uh, in Sin City. Um, he doesn't play was another interesting one where you see uh, an individual leaving his place of work, and if you see what his work actually was, you, you might notice that yes, he's just done something pretty uh, atrocious, but has been paid for it brilliant book and i strongly recommend it because you will invent stories in your head when you see some of the pictures yeah the uh oh. i think a favorite of mine in that whole one is uh the midnighters uh the midnighters is like it's kind of like a guy in a in a one half shadow looking over his shoulder mm. at the at i've the, i've put down that the guy in there looks like peter Laurie. it is a wee bit yeah you're right often in these sort of films yeah yeah you're right yeah and it's just the kind of shadowed figure coming through the the casting light. I've um, Russell put that up ages ago. He put that up like a, a year and a half ago, maybe maybe even longer. Um, I think that's what kind of inspired this whole book was that that one picture. But he put that up, 
And I remember saving it on my phone and just occasionally I would just go back and look at it and just be like, God, that is it's incredible. Absolutely mm. incredible. It's such a beautiful picture. Um, he's, done, he's done a good job with uh, building up tension. So you'll you'll see a scene that's um, only hinted by a small portion of the of the picture. Yeah. As far well, he's as, done a brilliant job, I think. As far as I know, it is actually all ink wash on on paper. You know, it's not it's not digital. It's all ink wash on paper, <laughs> which is just uh, unbelievable. For me, that makes it even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he tends to work quite traditionally. <laughs> uh, one of the one of the other books, um, one of the other ones I saw was the Penguin. By coincidence. I it's another one. I agree exactly with Nando what he said earlier. Brilliant book. Lots of people can read it. It's really funny, and uh, the captions had a punchline at the end, which was uh, also uh, highly enjoyable. Yeah. And I would like him to make more T-shirts because I have a T-shirt of a penguin, uh, the, the uh, washing one. Um, I think he would uh, he would do pretty good if he made some more. He's made it. <laughs> he, he made another one. It came with. Oh. Uh, it came with the the Kickstarter. You you should get in touch with Al and see if he's got any spare. Uh, mm. He he did one that was uh, was it she Penguara, and it was the pen <laughs> the pen the pen Gwen as she Guevara. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, looked great. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Just it's so good. Just to, they're they're like Calvin and Hobbes in a way that you could just pick them up and just have a good laugh. You know what I mean? Like if you're feeling really rotten. You could just pick them up and have a good laugh whipping through them. I mean, I was reading some before coming on here. Just, like, literally just before we came on here, I just got a refresher. And the first one, I think, I was it, I sometimes think you've got backwards DNA. And? Yeah. Like, amazing. <laughs> That's actually one of the ones I've written in here. Because I'm not, I'm not really wanting to, like, say them out loud. I want people to... Uh... People that read them oh, for yeah. themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's one of the ones I listed in here, and that is that is that. And another one that I really liked was, uh, which I won't give the punchline. It's uh, the, the penguin is at the cinema and he sees three crosses. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's good. There's, uh, do you know, there's a lot of. Um, I think Al's really playing with uh, playing with the panels and stuff a lot more in this collection as well. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of them breaking out of the walls of the panel. Like um, the artist is plotting something. Yeah, there's uh, yeah, there's a lot of like plotting pages and stuff as well. Um, there's a quite a good number of Sunday strips and stuff in here that look really <laughs> good. Uh, yeah, it's good. To, it's good to see him still playing and getting creative with it, um, even after so many. You know what I mean? He's clearly <laughs> still having fun doing them. Um, yeah, it's it's brilliant. But to be so solidified with that character is just it's, it's just it's a it's a, a feat all in itself, definitely. Mm. Yeah. Well, another book I I enjoyed was Breakwater. And oh, did you did you read that? I only put that. Yeah, up. I actually did that before uh, before the podcast. Yeah, I just put that it's up today. One of the ones I just managed to. To, to 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 download. Yeah, I thought you meant. I thought you meant. You liked. Um, uh, oh, for, I've totally forgotten Katrina's. Uh, oh, follow follow me. Follow in. me in. Yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I I liked it. Oddly enough, unlike Follow Me In, it's all pretty much black and white. Yeah. Or, or greyish and white. 
and it's set in a cinema, and the artwork is brilliant. I, I like the style, and I get an impression that if you worked in a cinema and you read this, you would actually relate to a lot of the things that are uh, that you see. Um, there's a, the main character is a girl called Chris, and uh, she meets a new employee called Daniel, and um, you know they get to know each other, and they, there, there's some issues going on behind the scenes, and uh, and um, it's uh, it it sort of gets pretty heavy. Um, uh, one, one minute you're um, you're enjoying some of the uh, um, some of the humorous sides to, to working in the cinema, and some of the pleasant things like you're they're going up into the, the loft to see the old ballroom, which is a bit dilapidated, and there's some pigeons and mice, and and uh, they're amazed that a room like this exists and no one's looking after it. And then all of a sudden, you'll um, you'll find out things about bad relationships and and drug taking. Uh-huh. Um, but it's uh, it's definitely well worth a read. And there was a funny thing that was mentioned in it, and uh, someone mentions the idea of um, them being ashamed at their job because they were ushering people. And uh, Chris says. No one should be uh, ashamed of their job unless they're arms dealers. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> I think I think he's followed. I think that's followed up, if I remember rightly. That's I've only got about that far, but I think that's followed up quite rightly with uh, yeah. There are exceptions to the rule, or something like that. Um, yeah, this was um, this is one that I've been uh, I've been highly anticipating for a while out of Avery Hill. I mean, Katrina. You know, I mean, follow me in was our book of the year, what two thousand eighteen or something like that. Um, overall, really, and uh, it was just an incredible book. So I was really anticipating our follow up. Uh, Katrina Chapman has uh, a beautiful um, style um, in general, and uh, some of her cat zines and stuff as well that she's done is just unbelievable. Just great work, and she does great work for Avery Hill overall. Anyway, I mean, we we're always in we're always receiving correspondence with the review copies and everything that come through as well. So she does a great job, but she also does a great job on all the, on the comics and everything as well. They're just unbelievable. But seeing that cover of the mm-hmm. kind of the building on the beach and the seagull and all that kind of stuff. And it looking, I think it's, I think it's Brighton if I remember rightly, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it's, it's Brighton. And, and one of the things she does really well is you've got a chapter and then all of a sudden you'll have a full page, nice detailed full page picture. And then you're back onto the story. Yeah. There's something so something that she did really well and follow me in as well. Yeah, yeah. It's still it's there's no color to it, but that's I think that's brilliant for the story that's uh, that's been told. Yeah, I'm glad um, I'm glad she is sort of branching off and doing a wee bit more sort of fiction work as well. Um, it was <laughs> good having that sort of memoir with uh, follow me in, but it, it's it's good to see her sort of branching out and doing other things. Um, I'm really looking forward to cracking into this uh, proper, Mike. So well, well done you for getting through that. Like that was <laughs> what 160 odd pages, and only put yeah, it up this was, morning. Was it, it was 168, I think, or 164, something like that. Yeah, well, that's including like the covers and the contents and stuff. So yeah. 160 odd of um, of uh, actual comics, but yeah, it was uh, yeah, that's a good one. Nice. Well, one of the other ones um, was the flood that did come. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's set in a village called Pennyworth, which, uh, after a huge flood by on ongoing rainfall, has become an island. 
and people who live in the next village decide to invade it because of some uh, medieval charter which has never been redeemed. So essentially it's a sort of land grab story. But when you first start reading it, it's anything, you'll think it's anything but that. It's like, um, it's, a, it's a white background with very simple um, pictures for rain, uh, for for blue, just like a blob of blue for the flood. Mm. And then all of a sudden you'll get um, a sort of detailed outline of a couple of children or a couple of women. And they'll be done as if they were drawn straight out of a ladybird book. Yeah, <laughs> they're like stamps. Yeah, I think yeah, because that... um, their movement's not exactly... Um, uh, pivot or fluid, or <laughs> yeah, it's very limited. Very limited. Yeah. You're right. It's um... it's still it's still fun reading it though. Yeah, you know what? It's really good. Um, you kind of you zip through it. Uh, the flood that did come. You you go through it quite quickly. Um, but I think uh, it's it's not exactly on in. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it, you know it's from the perspective of these children and this teacher and stuff, and they're kind of the points speaking really quite plain and frank and. Quite, it's quite almost childlike, you know. Oh, this is happening, but and then all of a sudden they'll come out with this massive political diatribe of the yeah. the history of the town, and it's all coming from this small boy. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> um, yeah, it's an interesting one. It, it seems I'm, like I'm hoping it, I've not given away too much, though. I hope I haven't given no, no, too no, much no, no, away. no. There's uh, no, you haven't at all. But there's uh, you know, there's a lot of elements, a lot of things that they're pulling from, a lot of like actual political points that could be kind of it's almost yeah. sat- satirized within the within the script. Quite a few places <laughs> came to mind. It might be one to use for your controversial comics. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's um, it's interesting that like you do have that that sort of satirization, but you've also I don't know. There's also a whole. There's a whole actual. It's kind of like almost somebody's take on what our. What our world actually looks like in a way. I don't. I don't know. It's something you really have to read. But it's. It's definitely more. Rather than a straightforward, comic, I would definitely say it's more of a sort of, art interpretation of something than anything else very much so it's a very arty book when you when you look at it um but yeah oh that's that's good that's good man yeah well for the fifth and last one i'm kind of torn i got i got two of them here one was knockout in tiger style which uh, has some fantastic 60s and 70s style comic coloring and uh, the other one i had in mind was space warp which is a, a big, big anthology straight out of um, the mines of 2000 AD. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll, I'll say that one. That one had a good chapter in it involving dinosaurs. I thought you'd like that. <laughs> yeah. And including a, a picture where you see Liverpool has been invaded by pterosaurs. <laughs> what, was the, what was the name of that strip again? I can't remember. Jurassic Punks. Jurassic Punks. <laughs> They had, they had one uh, kind of um, <coughs> awesomely uh, gory one called Butchasaurus, who was kind of based on uh, on a shrike, which is a type of type of small predatory bird that's renowned for butchering, uh, sticking small prey on thorns. So all of a sudden, you see this dinosaur version just casually walking <laughs> up and butchering people and. Uh, <laughs> 
on on uh, I think it was um, uh, Iron Gateways. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you enjoy your uh, goriest of 2000 AD comics, I would definitely recommend Space Warp. It was it was definitely a lot gorier than I thought it was going to be. I mean, it's all black and white, obviously, but it's. Uh, I think a lot of the artists are definitely verging on the um, the more kind of brutal side of 2000 AD. But the more kind of the, a lot of them are leaning towards the sort of Kevin O'Neill of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was like that assassin with the big ears, if that's what you can call them. The big yeah, stuff, yeah, the big... sticking out of his head. Yeah, like lopping off people's heads and everything. Um, there was a lot of that hell. I think it's Hellbreaker, if I remember rightly, is Ian Ashcroft. It's a bit more kind of painterly, watercolory looking thing, but very freaky and a lot of sort of heads on fire and and spirits and a lot of. There was a lot of action, a hell of a lot of action. Um, oh yeah. But it was it was a lot more brutal than I thought. I'd heard Pap speaking about it a couple of times, and he was sort of speaking about like, oh, you know, kids are interested. And in... I was like, this is kids. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Um, but yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was pretty full on. Uh, that Jurassic Punks though, I I thought you were gonna like that right enough. Mm-hmm. The wee infomercial before it though, like you said, the hide and survive thing. Um, oh yeah. That was good. It was really good. Remind <laughs> if you see a T Rex when you're walking on the street. Yeah, back up and run in a straight line. <laughs> Don't zigzag because that'll slow you down. <laughs> um, I did look at that though and think it was very reminiscent of um, a quiet place because uh, a lot of it was like stay quiet, put mattresses on the wall, hide in a bath, all that kind of stuff. And I was sitting like, ah, it sounds like that quiet place film. Um, I I thought for a moment it was kind of based on what's going on now with the epi- with the pandemic. But when was it that they they did this comic? Uh, all of it was written before the the quarantine and everything, okay. before the pandemic, yeah. But you know, Pat's always got his finger on the pulse. He maybe knew something around about the time he was writing it. It might have been sort of sprigging up in, in China at that point or something. Not sure. We'll wait and see. Hey, is it, are we going to get sued if we suggest that Pat Mills released it out there so it coincides with the comic? <laughs> no. He might find that funny. <laughs> Perfect. Well, that's that's my lot done. Nice one, nice one. Dave, my man, you've been very quiet over there. Yeah, I'm just listening. I'm just taking it all in. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> learning from you guys. <laughs> has there been uh, has there been any that you've heard about so far that you've or out of you folks? Is there any that you've heard about so far that um, you've maybe not read yourselves that you're now sort of interested in reading? Um, the first uh, Russell Olson one that Nando mentioned. Oh, uh, the Black Iris. Yeah. yeah, I like Lauren Bacall. So yeah, you would. I think you would like his series Gateway City as well, Mike. Definitely. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a good one. Anybody else? Any other ones that you've perked up at? Well, I can't wait tomorrow to go into the computer and start to look at those digital copies that we got. So yeah. That Mike has mentioned, there is some quite interesting. So I'm gonna give it a go. I think you might like. Sp- I think you might like Space Warp, Nando the Pat Mills thing. Oh yeah, I mean I like Pat Mills. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that'll be that'll be it's good. It's a good, it's a good kiddie friendly one. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> sounds like it. 
Well, he's Godot's been a quiet place on flesh. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> he he certainly thinks so. Anyway, so you <laughs> know, <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Is it as good as Shaco though, Mike? Oh, I don't. Nah, that's a classic. Sorry, <laughs> I know, the I idea know. of uh, the idea of another comic could really get over the the sheriff who's leaning over to dry his eyes in the shower, and he just grabs like twenty inches of polar bear fur. <laughs> oh, angry polar bear fur! That's, um, that, that is that's hard a hard to beat. one to beat. I would just like to say as well that Robert Kirkman has never been the same since Battle Pope ended. For me. <laughs> that's true I've never forgiven him for that <laughs> he, should, he should stop all of this he's been doing since Battle Pope and go back to Battle Pope I, I agree with you that he should go back to doing Battle Pope definitely, definitely well we'll see, maybe he will, if he hears this he might go they're right and stop all the rest of that <laughs> stuff I'll, um, <laughs> I'll pass the I'll pass fire, firepower on to you and you can pass judgement on yeah. that as well ok I've got Three comics here I want to speak about. Ho ho. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> ready. Okay, the first one is uh, is a gold key comic from nineteen sixty four. Oh wow. And it's Buck Rogers <laughs> in the twenty fifth century. Hey hey. Now I don't know I don't know who wrote or drew this because it doesn't tell you inside. Uh I mean, I could guess. There's bits of it that look like Frank Robbins a bit, but it's just guesswork, really. Um, but I, d- I did enjoy it, and uh, it's it's number one, issue number one, and it ha- and it's called The Space Slavers. It's got all the characters that you might know if you know Buck Rogers, like uh, Will Deering and uh, Princess Ardala and Kane. Uh, a lot of them made it over to the TV show that they did in the 70s and 80s. And uh, well, it's it's in the style that I would think of with the gold key Star Trek comics as well. So, do you know, it's actually got uh, an interesting part to it that I used in... Well, I don't know how to approach this, but you wrote a story, Tom, that I drew. Oh, I yeah. Called nobody. Called nobody. And yeah. As I was drawing it, uh, I was thinking about. I thought th- it was left pretty open as to what was in the backgrounds. Mm-hmm. What was in the background didn't matter at all, and so I'd been thinking about all these Star Trek and Buck Rogers comics. They've off. The standard pretty much is there's no panel borders. There's no black panel borders right. on any of these comics. The colour just goes to the edge of the panels. So I've been curious with that and wanted to do it. So I did it on that comic. Uh, so I was kind of inspired by, by this Rogers comic. And uh, as, it, as it goes along, they're on Space Station K7. Uh, and then they just these little green fellas that look kind of comical and they're tiny so they're all kind of laughing at them but then they're able to hypnotise uh, all the characters and so it goes along 
that Wilma tries to shoot Buck Rogers, all this kind of dramatic stuff is going on. Uh, until, of course, there's a happy ending, uh, a very abrupt ending, and then that's, the, that's it. Um, and I actually looked into this a little bit, and there was there was an issue two of Buck Rogers from Gold Key, but it didn't come out for another 15 years wow. to coincide with the TV show starting. So issue two, after this, 15 years after this, has got the TV style cover and everything in it is based on the on the TV show. Was wow. it actually Almost like called the, issue two? Yeah, yeah, huh. it was. They went, right, we'll do issue two now then, 15 years later. <laughs> they used to do that out. They used to do that more often back in the uh, back in the day. They would just pick up the number of years and years later, which I always quite like. And Mike, there's a great page in here for you, totally unrelated to Buck Rogers, but the inside. Oh is, wow! Look at that prehistoric animals and little facts about them, uh, yeah. all of which I'm sure you could disagree with and put yeah. them right. That's like the Brook Bonds. Uh... Cards. Yeah. So that was a that was a great little comic. Enjoyed that. Painted cover. Same on the back with it, with all the titles taken off and all that, and they've written pin up. Huh? So there you are. In an effort to keep right up to date and let you know all the latest stuff that's coming out. <laughs> Buck Rogers, number one, October nineteen sixty four. I'd recommend it. <laughs> Hit up eBay, everybody. <laughs> you know, there was Buck Rogers uh, in Lucan comics in, in Lucan in the 80s. Mm. They were mm. good. Drawn by Arthur Ranson, who, who you'll Whoa. perhaps know. The great artist. 2000 AD stuff. Yeah. But, uh, Button Man, was it that he did? Anyway, really nice. There was a, a best of looking book that came out, and it had a whole story of of that Buck Rogers in there, which I don't know was twelve pages, something like that. Okay, my next one is Wage Slaves, which you recommended to me, Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daria Bogdanska from Central. This was a really yes, Central, twenty nineteen. This one and. This was a, a really good book. Uh, I read it really just before the whole lockdown thing kicked in. Yeah. So it, so it's quite odd now thinking that I read this when I was still going to work and things. <laughs> uh, now we're getting ready to go back to work, of course. So all the furlough and all that is... Well, the story of this was um, she's uh, she's moved to Sweden... Uh, for a change, a change of life. It's just a she's just a young girl. It's kind of you know it's about her life. It's a life story, and she goes um, to look for any job she can get there, make money, start a new life in Sweden. And so she's working in the restaurants, and it turns out that uh, really the way they get treated is not great. Uh, you know they're. They're not getting paid all the time. They're not getting all the money they should be getting. They're having to work far too long hours. Terribly overworked for for little pay. So Daria is interested in starting up some kind of union. She 
starts talking to the she's got a good social life going on and friends uh, and you get to see a lot of the nightlife uh, she's going out meeting people getting involved with you know boyfriends and what have you so she is a young person having a having a good life but you know it's not perfect there's there's problems at work wage slaves it's all in the title there mm-hmm. um and just and, and it gets you to thinking about is oh is this what life's about just working in some job you don't like to get money uh and she knows she's got to do it to get money and you know it's it's actually interesting to think on it now because i think a lot of people have had extended time off work uh not going into work as much as as they all have always had to so maybe people have been thinking a bit like that you know there's been different reactions hasn't there to yeah be, to being stuck at home yeah totally it's been it's been like uh some people it's been oh i wish i could get back to normal right away um other people have adjusted a bit uh yeah. you know yeah. so so this this book is interesting in context of that she's already thinking about that stuff Mm. Um, so it's really it's about your personal reaction to work and about trying to unionise about people manipulating people working for them uh, because they're not working legally really they're paying them just you know under the counter sort of thing so they don't have any rights but then they don't have a lot of options either so um, good Good book, good interest, and uh, it, it seems real. You know, it mm-hmm. seems you believe it, and if you, and it's also a good, yeah, it is a good thing about um, you know a young person finding a life, meeting other people, uh, partying, going yeah. up to nightclubs, band, seeing bands. She plays in the bands as well, plays music and. Uh, so yeah, I'd recommend that one. It was a good recommendation, Mike. Uh, sorry, Tom. Thanks. That's alright. I did I, enjoy it. I was um, I was actually pleasantly surprised to see something that was a slice of life that was about um, an actual moment in somebody's life that involved so much kind of um, I don't know, sort of workplace turmoil and everything that uh, didn't really get like sad at any point, really. I mean, yeah, even when it did, right. even when it did get into like there was sort of a relationship bit that was sort of playing throughout it to kind of tie the narrative all together, even that wasn't really mm. it wasn't really sad. It was complicated in places, but she was actually more happy at times than she was anything else. There was there wasn't there wasn't bits where she was giving it like, oh, and this really played on me, and I I, I just couldn't yeah. cope or anything. She was like, nah, I'm I'm gonna get on with it. You know, she just kept she kept that's right trundling on she kept doing like volunteer work and everything and yeah and getting like doing like wee odd jobs and stuff like in between all this unionized stuff and yeah she was just really it was good to see somebody kind of having fun with her life a bit and really getting out there and living properly living you know and kind of turning around and saying like i'm i'm working to live, I'm not living to work, kind of thing, and then uh-huh. her, her kind of yeah. putting those parameters in place. Uh, the one thing I'll say for the the book though is that it was in places it wasn't very wasn't translated very well. Uh, you had you had said that kind of played on the charm of it a little. Uh huh. But um, there was bits that I'd, I find that it it, it really was, it wasn't translated well. Like some sentences were maybe 
the words were the wrong way around or something. It just didn't really, it didn't make sense. But, you know, read it again and you, you got the just. But there was just bits where it wasn't really translated. And there was bits where the translation had obviously just been stuck over the top of the original text. And then it's right. Yeah, it'd been scanned and printed out, but you could still see it. It it maybe slid off the box a wee bit. Yeah, it slipped. Yeah, yeah. It's like there was a speech bubble on top of the the original speech bubble, but it had slipped over a bit. Yeah. So you could see bits of the. I mean, it wasn't a lot of that. There was like maybe one or two pages of that. You could see the original like Polish underneath it. Yeah, I don't know if you can see that on the on there, but that's. Uh... That was it there. <laughs> see that, yeah. You know, so it's un- it's unusual to see that. that. That's just a technical thing. Yeah, that's but it was actually it worked in with the charm of the book and the kind of punk rock attitude of the character and stuff as yeah. well. That it was just kind of constructed mm-hmm. like that. Even though it was a very well constructed book, it's a nice solid paperback as well. I felt like if I felt like I could take that with me places, and uh, I wouldn't bugger it up. You know what I mean? It wouldn't. It wouldn't suddenly rattle the edges of the book or anything. It was uh, it was a good solid, well. Oh yeah, book. I I actually read it on the on the bus going to work every day. Nice. So I mean, it, it survived that. You and read you you, know, re- you read it in the best of circumstances as well. Then you were reading it going to a job and everything on the bus going to, going to work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're reading it just saying, "I don't want to go in," and I'm going, "Yeah, you're telling me." You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and artwork's nice as well it's kind of scratchy, black and white uh, but it gets everything across yeah, she's a very solid cartoonist yeah, yeah, I think so it's pretty confident mm-hmm. I really liked it well constructed panel structure throughout the, the pages and stuff as well yeah it's nice All right, so that's a thumbs up for that Yeah, yeah, big time for me Okay, and uh, the next one I, w- I would talk about is I don't I don't have the print copy, but it was what we don't talk about, Charlotte Christensen. Okay. So um, I don't know who's read this one, but I've read uh, it. Actually, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's actually. Oh, yeah, it's imminent, isn't it? I uh, know it's out. It was the dig- Oh, it is now. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. it was the digital one I read. Yep. Good cover, eh? It's a good cover. Well. It's it's worth a read, I would say. Um, great colours on the front, and that goes throughout. the 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 colours The colouring was interesting because it's that kind of style. It's not this. It's not the standard, you know, the old fashioned black and white line work, and then with colours put in. It's not like that. No. It's 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 more. The colours are are used throughout to draw all of it. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a thing that's been happening. It was reminding me a little bit of the kind of stuff that Rebecca does, you know, Rebecca Horner. Yeah, yeah. The use of the use of color was really interesting. Um, so it looked really good, but but the storyline uh, was it's like a true story again from from Charlotte Christensen's life. She's. Goes, uh, she's going out with this guy, their partners for like a couple of years, getting on great. But it's t- it's two years in, and she's only now going to see to meet the parents. Um, 
So they, they get there and see that they're very controlling parents. And the guy, actually, I forget the guy's names. Terrible for names, eh? Same, but, I can't remember um, So we'll refer to him as the guy, the dude, a <laughs> uh, bloke, that fella, <laughs> things like that, and you'll know who I mean. And um, uh, and right away, there's uh, there seems to be tension, and well, she's she's black, and he, and he and his parents are white, so it's it's you know nothing said, but you're feeling like there's a situation, there's an issue, especially with the mother, and the father seems to just agree with the mother all the time, and you get things like. Uh, the mum will ask her uh, about her parents mm-hmm. and she says they went to the university in Zimbabwe and then even that it's just like university in Zimbabwe oh you know that that, that idea seems to throw her it's just like and then they get talking and they go everybody and uh, well you know everybody in Africa it's all the same isn't it it's just saying things like that you know every, it's all the same everybody there's exactly the same and you know, no. So she's arguing with that a bit, and then um, later she uh, she's wanting to put on like headgear to go out. You know, African headgear, and uh, the mum is reacting to this. You know, what's on your head and all this kind of thing. You know, and then she actually says, "Oh, I thought you were a Muslim. Thank goodness." You know, and then she's like, "Well." you know, Charlotte's had enough and it's like, well, what would be the problem? I mean, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not giving you quotes from the book, but she decides, you know, what's the problem if you were Muslim? And she's like, oh, stop overreacting, you know. So it's that's the kind of tension in these conversations. And then they'll go away from that and she's speaking to that guy. Remember that dude? Yes. Our bloke. <laughs> and, uh, and she's saying, you know... <sighs> You know, this conversa- these conversations are... She, she's trying to ap- approach the, the subject, but, you know, the bloke's useless. He's he's not wanting to get into it because it's like insulting his mum and all that. And, and as I said, he's, it's already been set up that he's really put under by his parents. Uh, he's obviously an adult guy that's never turned around to his parents and said, no, I, I don't agree with that. You know, something that surely... We all do it at some point. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. part of the growing up process, right? So this guy's never done it. Uh, and so, you know, it's a really interesting kind of dynamic in the book because it finally gets to the point where she's bringing it up with them again. They've had this conversation at the, ta- at the dinner table and it just all gets out of hand again and she's actually looking to him to say something and he's like he just changes the subject in the middle of it and he's like oh what about that wine we had or this you know and that's just no use that's they're not even accepting that that, that there is a thing to talk about so later she is talking to the boyfriend (laughs) that's terrible i should have got his name but um (laughs) uh she she is talking and and you know it finally gets to the bit she's like well you know she's saying that well, what do you mean blah, blah. and then he finally goes what are you trying to say my parents are racist so he has the total freak out about um are you accusing 
them are being racist, and then that's what he's upset about. What? Oh, that that's right. He says, why do you make everything about race? So then, you know, it's a classic, you know, the, the person that points out the problem, turn around and blame them, you know? Yeah. You know, everything, everything would be fine if you just didn't mention it. You're causing the problem. Yeah. So it's a classic, and she's like, she's and she's like kind of shocked at this, and like, th- and you can feel her thinking, you know, basically the guy is blowing it big time. Yeah. Because he's not got the guts, you know. Uh, so you know, the story was very involving. It was very dramatic, but it wasn't about running around shooting people or blowing things up or fighting or hitting or any of that. It was all about human interaction and people's failure. Uh, to even acknowledge what they were doing, what their parents were doing. And uh, there's a very, you know, actually it's quite, you you really get a sense of the strength of Charlotte, the character in the book, because this goes on for a couple of days and then she's like, well, I love him. I've been with him for two years, but this is not, it's almost like it's just not good enough. Yeah. He's going to have to do better than this and he isn't doing better than this. So she goes, right, I'm leaving and then, uh, and and still the mum and dad are like, oh, her behaviour, you know, and all this. But she's like, no, it was for the train. And the guy kind of, do you know what? I'm telling the whole story of the book. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be doing. You know, I'm just realising. Well, I'm going to go to the end. If you if you want to read it, stop listening now. <laughs> I'm, going to go right to the, I'm going to go right to the end because the ending was very good, I thought. So here it comes. Do you know, it's like Lenny Henry last week. I totally jumped to the end and then told that. <laughs> yeah. right, so I'm doing, that, I'm doing that again. It's the spoiler section. Um, but there's a very powerful bit. She's just standing at the train station and just thinking about it. And it's a wordless scene. And, you know, that can be very effective uh, sometimes. So she's thinking back to the dinner table. And you can just see everyone's talking. And she's just sitting there. And then she looks at the guy. And then the panels of him, he's just, he's not even looking at her. And she's just looking to him for like something. But he just, he's too, he doesn't look, he's avoiding it. And then she looks sad. And and it's very effective because you can feel her thinking, are you going to, have you got anything for me? No, no, yeah. you don't. He just couldn't do it. And then at the same time, uh, the guy is running to the train station to, to, to say, oh, don't go, you know, you know, I love you and all this kind of thing. And, and you know, there's actually a very powerful bit that I actually made a note of it here, right? I'm going to read it. Here it goes. Huh? So he's standing, giving, he's giving it all this, and she says, I need more from you in terms of support, and you need to become a stronger person. It's for these reasons we can no longer be together. So it's so controlled you know she has been the really the victim in this situation she's not had a lot of control over this situation but still she's the one that's got to stand think it through turn around and tell him exactly what the problem is whether he's going to listen or not yeah this is what you need to know goodbye you need to sort it out but i'm done and off she goes and then there's uh, a nice bit towards the end where just thinking about, you know, people have got to, people have got to help you out, and 
you know, you, you're worth more than that. Don't, don't let yourself be, you know, put down. And Anyway, there you go. I've totally ruined the whole book. <laughs> but I f- thought it was very good. Yeah. So I just didn't know where to stop talking there. <laughs> and <laughs> the art, the art style throughout was really good. The colours and the way it was drawn, and uh, I believe it's her first comic. So mm. I think I'll, I'll be keeping an eye out for for more. I would, uh, I would certainly like to see more, uh, especially art wise. It's, it's a, a beautiful comic art wise. Um, I, it's not a, it's not. A story in which I can relate to, obviously, being a white thirty-year-old dude from a white family who's only ever been in relationships with white people, uh, not really had many diverse relationships at all. Um, I know that this is very contrived in the way I'm saying it, but there was just, you know, there was, was going to be a disconnect, and I think that's maybe where she excels in the story is that she's shown that there is a dis- there is still a disconnect somewhere within the difference in predominantly white and black cultures you know that she's kind of getting that across in the book being like regardless of this person loves you or not there's still a, there's still a disconnect here there's still something that's not going to gel okay it can it, you can find somebody who can make that happen but this you know th- systematically just now the way things are this this isn't going to happen and this is basically the the kind of most ex, most extreme version of that kind of thing um especially with the this meeting of her of his mother at the very start is just ugh it's horrible but they come across as just sort of villains from the the get go kind of thing uh, and he was just not my my main thing that I didn't enjoy about it. It was a really nice book, a really nice sto- well, not a nice story, but you know what I mean. It was a really well told story, beautiful art. Um, but my my main disconnect was with the the guy. Like I just, oh, it just put me off seeing him coming up on the page. Like he's just uh, this weedy creep. Like just nothing, just nothing. He was just he was absolutely nothing. He brought nothing to the story whatsoever, except from something for the the protagonist to kind of bounce off of and be like come on man you know what I mean like that was about it he just he was just this weedy like wimp total wimp <laughs> just sitting like mm-hmm. there's just nothing to him at all um yeah i just and he was very sort of upper middle class you know look at this lovely house and grounds that we grew up on and all you know the family was up there just can't connect with that kind of family in the slightest. I was, uh, I was sitting like going through it like this. Better go the way that I think it's going to go, and it, you know, luckily it kind of did. But at the same point, I was like, "Come on, come on, <laughs> this is ridiculous." Uh, yeah, but it was good to see a story told about race and racism that wasn't just like riots in the street or people fighting or getting battered or. You know anything? It was it was very much like this is what happens with racism on a kind of homegrown front and stuff that's still going on in the background that we take as just every day and it's the it's showing the level of ignorance that is in our our kind of British community kind of thing. You know, um, it was good. It was really well told. Uh, like I say, just a, a slight disconnect for myself, but 
that's you know that's neither here nor there you know um what i did enjoy was you were going on about the front cover was really nice i think the front cover and the title would be a really good thing to pull in a sort of young adult um audience i think um and it's the kind of it's the kind of thing that i it's obviously sort of targeted at that kind of young adult audience as well to kind of get them speaking about it a bit more um maybe sort of grab that younger audience to get that conversation going um yeah it's a good it's a good kind of think piece it's something that i i didn't initially take to and then the fact that it was sticking with me a couple of days and a week later i thought oh this is this has actually been really affecting that's that's like that's a good sign you know what i mean yeah. Um, even as you were sitting talking about it, I was quite trepidatious about ta- talking about it because it's quite a fraught subject, especially just now. Um, quite a fraught topic, but it's it's something that really needs to be discussed on a level between everybody of what they took away from it, you know. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. I think do, I think they'd do well selling this. Definitely, I think this would be good once the the shops are back open and stuff. I'd like to see. I would love to see this sitting in Waterstones or something in the in the window, you know. Hopefully, grab a a good audience to come in and and read it and get that conversation flowing. That was good, Dave. That's good. I didn't expect you to pick that one as the last one. I did though. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of mundane, wasn't it? It was like mundane racism. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, there was so bits, that was that was interesting. There was bits that were you know you can just tell that the parents would turn around. Well, they did, you know. They, they weren't racist. You know, they knew they weren't racist. Yeah. None of them were, yeah. and they'd all be appalled at that idea. And she was obviously oversensitive, and this was, you know. So you don't you you don't even begin to acknowledge in your own mind that there's even a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you just freak out because somebody might be saying you're racist. What? <laughs> you know, and that's the end of the conversation while you're running around screaming, having a fit, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and yeah, and the character this just went, okay, this is not good enough. You know, I'm not putting up with this. Why should I? I think they had a, they had a good point of showing from sort of his, like her her point towards him as well is like your ignorance is, yeah, a, some a form of racism in itself as well. Okay, your par- uh-huh. your parents are being more blatant about it. And coming mm-hmm. away with these heinous points, but you just yeah. sitting there ignoring that—that's something that far too many people are guilty of. Just going, ah, it just—it just doesn't involve me, you know. Like, oh no, no. If if we just don't mention it, then it just it'll go away. Nothing goes away mm-hmm. by just not mentioning it. You know, diseases don't go away with not men- not mentioning it. You know, you you can't just sit there. You can't just get cancer and be like, "Oh, if I just don't talk about it, then the cancer will go away." No, you need to you need to talk about these things. You need to go see people. You need to get something rolling to get rid of something. Uh, and I think, I think this comic very much is a step in that direction on a on a sort of grander, bigger scale and a bigger picture of it. Yeah, it's good. It was good. Yeah, to see. I, did, I did. It was a good representation of a kind of situation mm-hmm. and an argument that you don't really see. It's not dramatic and exciting enough, you know, to be in casualty or something. <laughs> you know, you need you need somebody getting a bottle put in their face, you know. <laughs> or something like that. But but this was more realistic than 
I thought it was interesting. I hadn't read anything quite like it, really. Mm. And it's interesting what you were just saying there about you can't just ignore it and it'll go away. And, you know, funnily enough, that's exactly what they achieved in their own little life. Yeah. You know, him and his family. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to accept it. So she went away and left them to it. Yeah. So, you know, the mum and dad now can sit and be quite happy that there's no problem whatsoever. Oh yeah, remember you remember you knew that crazy girl. She went she didn't last long. This is she went off the handle and you can see this the guy sitting there going, Yes, mother. Yeah. You know, after having been with her for two years, you know, and he obviously loved her. There was stuff at the start on the train and that where you saw that they were in love with each other and comfortable with each other. He wasn't comfortable. But he was just too much well, no, he was so full of nerves about you know he wouldn't say why, but, you know, he hadn't taken her to see his parents for two years. So now they were going. So he was just full of nerves, you know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it was it was good. Uh, I liked it. Nice. Good. Um, well, I did... I started reading uh, The Impending Blindness of Billy Scott uh, by Zoe... Th- Thorogood, if I remember rightly. Um, but I never, I never, I don't think I got enough of the way through it to review it. Um, so I'll just say on how far I am into the story and uh, what I've seen of the art. Uh, that's, I think, that's definitely a one that I will be picking up in hard copy. Um, I'll just I'll just kind of mention it because I don't want it to go by and not mention it. I thought it was it's a really beautiful looking comic, um, very sort of I don't know. It's a very sort of unique stylistic um, choice for the art. Um, beautiful sort of gangly yet sort of over encumbered looking clothing and bodies and stuff like that. It's quite sort of small writing that's on the pages so it doesn't take up a lot of the the art but there's a hell of a lot of writing on it um a, a story all about a person that um is an artist but starts to go blind um and has to submit um paintings for an exhibition in 2 weeks so it's basically the countdown of can they get these pieces of art done before they go blind um yeah, just and she sort of Billy Scott sort of goes on a a journey to get these paintings finished um before she she can't even see them so that she can hopefully get them into a gallery, turn over a bit of profit. Um yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting so far. I'm only about seventy two pages in, so I won't go any further really, but uh really enjoying it so far. Beautiful looking th- uh, comic overall. Um, everybody should definitely take a look. Uh, Zoe Thurgood seems to have done really well on uh, social media with it. There's something like th- 300 and odd retweets or something of it. <laughs> like 3,000 likes or something for a new book. So seems to have garnered a lot of attention, but it's, uh, it's a beautiful looking comic. Um, and Breakwater as well. Uh, you know, I'm only a couple of pages into that, but that looks amazing. Um, I started to read... Vic- Victory Point by Owen D. Pomeroy. Um, uh, I'm not really. 
I'm going to finish that off before I speak about that um, properly. It seems very sort of architecture-based comic book. That seems to be a thing at the minute. A lot of people are sort of, they've maybe got a degree in architecture or they've worked as an architect at some point and they've maybe had an interest in comics so they've made comics so there's very exacting pictures of sceneries and buildings and whatnot. There's a couple of couple of different people who do stuff like that out there. Um Undy Pomeray's done a, a range of different graphic novels and comic books. Uh, there was wee bits that kind of niggled with that as I was reading my way through it so I kind of stopped and thought I'll come back to that uh, but it looks great I mean the cover looks sensational uh, I don't know if you folks have seen the cover for Victory Point by Undy Pomeroy it's just a, a person standing on like a little veranda and a bunch of these buildings that sort of descend almost step down to this big sea and like rocks and uh, like almost like a wee lighthouse, not a lighthouse but like a wee house lighthouse on the edge of the rocks and all this greenery and there's cactuses in the foreground and stuff but all this kind of uh, kind of like the cliffs of, White Cliffs of Dover looking type rolling hills and stuff and yeah it's nice, it's a lovely looking cover, really good looking interiors and stuff but it's very exact. There's a very there's a sort of preciseness about it that uh, I don't know. It needs to be. It really needs to be pulled over and dissected a lot more. So I won't go into that. But I didn't want to. I didn't want to go by by not mentioning them because both of the both the impending blindness of Billy Scott and Victory Point both have a, a unique sense of sort of art and it seems to be a, a sort of a, a unique storing storytelling to to both of them. Uh, so I kind of wanted to. I didn't want to go by without mentioning them. Uh, I've only really, I've only really got two left. You folks have kind of covered most of the other ones I was going to speak about. So uh, Zebedee and the Valentines uh, by oh apologies, I've not got the name in front of me. By Abs Bailey. That was it's another Avery Hill one. That was insane. That was amazing. There's beautiful pages of like these really cartoony sort of I don't know, it's like a mixture between sort of hippie and it's a yellow submarine and Grateful Dead imagery mixed with like the Ramones and uh, all this kind of punk rock stuff and it's it's a, a band that are just on the edge, like they're always playing the, the, these, ba- these dive bars and stuff and then they, they kind of get signed by a guy that kind of looks like the devil and it's just kind of their journey from there and what happens to them and it's all very cartoony and uh, there's sort of wonky outlines to each of the panels and stuff and very sort of I don't know, very sort of drawn and quarterly sort of fantagraphic sort of looking visuals to it uh, it's a lovely piece uh, really just funny, just really, really funny. It is just like a band and 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 keeping it all entertaining and light and stuff. There, there is a heavy points throughout it that that come throughout it, but it's just it's great. There's full pages of color and, uh, you know, top to really good use, top to bottom of of each of the pages. Uh, I just, I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't know how else to say it. I just really liked it, really enjoyed it, to be honest. It's just beautiful colour, really nice characters. 
really great storytelling. Loads of the splash pages and stuff with the band being on stage and singing and stuff. Like all the words are in like a speech bubble that like kind of circles around them and curves up around them like paper and uh, just it looks amazing. I absolutely loved it. But I, I zipped through that because it was just so so good. Um, but even from you get the full extent and the full feel of the comic just by the cover. Uh, Zebedee and the Valentines. Uh, really, really, really nice. Uh, I'm wondering if there, the way it's kind of left, I'm wondering if there's going to be another one to it. Uh, I would like to see another one to it, but I don't know if Avery Hiller won for doing sort of follow-ups, so we'll wait and see. But um, it's one that I would have probably actually, I would have thought they would have put out on their uh, sort of American counterpart, the retrofit. Uh, comics, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's found a nice home with Avery Hill there. It's uh, it's a lovely, lovely comic. Really, really enjoyed that. There we go. So, Knockout and Tiger Style number one by Fraser Campbell and Adam Falp from Tribute Pre- nah, Tribute Press. I've got to get that right. Uh, Tribute Press. Um, I sort of. Let's let's not be about the bush. It's a sort of Power Man, Iron Fist uh, allegory. Um, they are actually characters. It says on the inside, based on characters created by Ian Laurie, um, who's another a tremendous artist. And uh, him and Fraser Campbell are friends, so I think Ian's just sort of come up with the basis of these characters that are sort of based on uh, Luke Cage and Danny Rand, and they've they've just uh, they've just kind of run a a rough kind of story from there. But it's. It's the same kind of vein as your, um, I mean, Adam's Adam's art, obviously you've seen it on uh, Atomic Hercules, um, so it's that same kind of grimy, apocalyptic looking kind of style, but less dirty, like uh, <laughs> like Atomic Hercules, a bit more like a... Yeah, that's very dirty. Yeah, <laughs> a bit more, a bit more sort of straight to the point, um, kung fu black exploitation sort of film look and feel about it um it's really nice Do you know i just really love Ad- I, I love looking at adam's work uh fraser's re- written a great story i think some of the dialogue is amazing um and it's a great story with them kind of meeting through illegal fighting rings and then having to kind of take down the illegal fight fighting ring after it goes a bit wrong when uh knockout won't um won't kill a guy, uh, so it all kind of goes all kind of goes a bit wrong. He won't he won't let his powers free. He won't kill somebody. He won't he won't take advantage of these powers. And uh, Tiger Styles kind of meeting up with him and uh, trying to encourage him to team up and and whatnot. Uh, yeah, it's just it's you know it's pretty pretty basic. If you know if you know Power Man and Iron Fist, you'll 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 like it. You know, it's just a more sort of adult version of Power Man and Iron Fist. Uh, <laughs> But Adam's art is just incredible, and see some of the colours that he uses—all those really like bright, bright fuchsia, uh, luminous, like almost black light-looking uh, greens. Uh, there's like shocking yellows, and oh, just, just brilliant. I, I love that like really solid black line, but he's got like a really grimy, sort of scratchy look to it all as well. Uh, there's some. There's a visual that he does with uh, Knockout's face at one point. That's he's done the face like all in like bright, bright yellow, like these really, really heavy blacks. As he's relaying the story of how he became who he is, 
and he's like looking down like really really serious and that alone is it's gorgeous it looks like um oh, i can't remember the name of the the guy but he he did these posters uh, that said like obey and it was it was pictures of uh, uh it was pictures of uh, andre the giant like that really close up. yeah yeah andre the giant like really close up. it's like that um it's really like heavy heavy blacks and stuff he, adam obviously has a lot of like sort of pop art influences uh, and they really come through. You can really see it in his style and stuff. There's a lot of like zipatone look to to stuff in that as well. That obviously he's done in computer, um, but he, I know that Adam does actually work traditionally on on sort of Bristol board with ink and whatnot as well. Uh, and then he just sort of scans them in and and puts these colours in amongst it. But it's uh, it's really gorgeous. The, the the story really chunders along as well. There's uh, a nice little. A nice little introduction of some characters, and there's a, a sort of cliffhanger ending and stuff as well, and obviously comes with the the usual kind of tribute press looking Bronze Age kind of advertisements at the end and little notes and stuff. It's yeah, it's a, it's a really well done book. Tribute press are kind of knocking out this this sort of corner of homaging bronze age comics that's that's working really well for them i think it's doing really well and especially having adam on art i think it doesn't really matter who's writing the stories as long as they're in the same kind of vein every time he's they're gonna knock out a good lot of characters like this it works really well so uh yeah i'm interested to see what comes with uh with issue two but issue one is very very promising very promising <laughs> uh but yeah if if you guys get a chance i would definitely look at that 100 percent Okie okay, okay. Oh, we've uh, we've chatted a good fair whack for that. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. Really enjoyed that. Um, well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to bail out without having a little chat about. Um, we've been getting up to uh, some comic creation, haven't we? We kind of mentioned it a wee bit. Dave mentioned a bit there with uh, with nobody, and uh, there was a bit mentioned earlier on, and we said we would come back to it. We announced it. Well, Dave announced it on Tony's podcast, and uh, I think it's only fitting that we kind of mention a little Susan again about us uh, working on a uh, that comic smell comic anthology with all of us in it. And uh, I'll just say just now, all of us in it, and a special guest in there as well. That's all I'll say just now. We may announce that later. <laughs> yeah. Did you mention that that's before? That's as far as you're going. Yeah, as far as I'm going just now. Yeah, just that there is a special guest in there. Sooty, um, sweeping Sue. No. <laughs> no, I didn't mention the special guest. Oh. There you go. That's, a, that's an exclusive for the for the lakes. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. There um, will be a special guest. Yes, but we are. Uh, well, we're looking <clears> to get it finished by at least get it tomorrow lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're pretty ahead. We've got basically all the strips together. I think there's only what one or two to come in now. Is yeah. that is that mainly from my end? Because that's that's embarrassing if it is. <laughs> well, I won't answer that. Question, <laughs> but embarrassing. 
Uh, no comment. Mr. No comment. Strickland coming for you. Oh, no. I can only say my stuff's done. So's Nando's and so's Mike's. <laughs> well, the, I'll, I'll just... Uh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I'll just uh, I'll take solace in that uh, mine was late in the day that it was coming in, so it's fine. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but there is there is something from from all of us. There's a there's a bit of writing. There's a bit of art. There's uh, you know there's a bit of everything going on in there. Um, and yep. we're uh, we say we're you know we're mainly main. What is it mostly color, or is it mostly black and white, or is it a bit half and half? Yeah, it's uh, maybe not quite fifty fifty. Yeah, most of it's mine is black and white. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you've yeah. en- you've ended up experimenting with some colour as well, Mike, haven't you? Oh yeah, that was oh. quite fine. So uh, we've all had a, we've all had a wee bit of fun with that. Um, <laughs> we were uh, knocking something up together uh, over the past couple of days about the experience of making it and stuff, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's really good. So we're really looking forward to getting out there. Um, oh, well, I'm speaking for you lot here. We are looking forward to getting out there, aren't we? Yeah, it's been good. Yeah, I've started putting together the the files for the for the printer. Oh, nice, nice. Well, you'll so be so it's coming along nicely. You'll be uh, you'll be sure to get it all together and pass it over to the editor before it goes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll do. <laughs> Who was uh, that again? <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> it's um. Yeah, it's been good, and uh, do you know what? It's uh, it's interesting that it's it kind of just naturally came together, didn't it? I mean, we were kind of just, you know, we'd all we'd all kind of went into lockdown and stuff. We've been sitting for a couple of weeks. We've been all chatting comics and stuff over Skype, and then it just kind of fell into place. I don't know how it happened. When I think about it, no, in my case, I was forced into it. <laughs> <laughs> Days push me. It's bad. Yeah. It was for your own good, though. (laughs) (laughs) I do feel like I kind of gently forced everybody to do a bit. That's fine. (laughs) In a nice way. Yeah. Yeah, in a nice way. But it has has really been enjoyable. And, you know, hopefully it'll be the kind of first of first of many to come to be fair I would say yeah, yeah I mean nice. I've got a th- we've, we've all got a taste of it now that's it mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, I mean I'm we've all kind of had a, a contribution to to the whole thing but we've all had a, especially a contribution to the front cover which Nando penciled up I'm I've not started yet, but the uh, I'll be inking it, and then that'll be passed over to. Is it? Am I passing it over to Mike? Am I right, or Dave for colouring? Uh, I'm afraid I'm not involved in the cover. Right. Okay. <laughs> no, I, but... g- I gave moral. Um, I-, I gave you like moral support for the cover. We were all there for. That's right. We were all there for the kind of the general idea and making sure it was all coming together well, and everybody was okay with each bit and everything. We're all, you know, we've all got a. We've all got our place within the the cover. That's that's what I'll say to that. 
you want do you want to buy a couple hundred Kinder eggs and we'll use the toys as freebie gifts <laughs> in 2018? Yeah, a little yeah. bit of sellotape on there, or stuff you get from Christmas crackers. We'll find ones that's got like little toys of Spider Man or something. Give that away with it. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's been good. It's been really good. And it's been interesting for so long chatting about comics. And I know, obviously, Mike and Dave, you've done stuff, uh, like your own comics, and you've contributed to anthologies and stuff, but it's uh, it's just a bit different when, you know, we've, we've had a, a, a podcast or been meeting up or anything for, for quite a number of years now, and mm-hmm. to now actually get around to a sort of creation stage, and now we're going to put that out to people to hopefully chat about it's uh it's gonna be interesting and we'll hear that on their review specials <laughs> do you think we should market it as a cure for covid19 oh. <laughs> no i'm not trump <laughs> just uh, just uh read some that comic smell comic and shove chlorine chlorine up your nose and you'll be fine <laughs> 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 smell the pages <laughs> but no it's uh, it's good but yeah it's good to finally be chatting about it as well because it's been kind of quiet for the past like month or so or actually a couple of months now hasn't it it must have been yeah yeah, yeah it has of, been a couple of months now so it's been uh, it's been quiet and it's all starting to come out now it's, yeah, it's been a, a good collaborative uh, kind of process hasn't it yeah but there'll be the question of how many we went to send out for reviews and things. If we want to do that physical or 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 not as yeah. well. So yeah, yeah. So if you're, it's a, all good. It's all good decisions. So if you're a reviewer, get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, get in touch. Let us know who you are, and we'll put you on the list of people that we send it out to. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Even if even if you don't want them, you know, even if you don't want them physical, we'll get them. A digital file knocked up, we'll send it out to you. Definitely. Be good. And uh, we'll look forward to in the, the coming weeks, months, I don't know, depending on how long it takes. Hopefully just hopefully just weeks as opposed to months. But uh, we'll uh, look forward to revealing a wee bit more every time. You know, mm-hmm. who, the, who the guest is and uh, little snippets here and there of bits of the strips, bits of the cover. I'll look, I'll look forward to the cover reveal. I look look forward to that coming definitely. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be good. So I think this seems like a good time to uh, to wrap up, gents. Unless there's anything else that you want to shout out or anything like that. Naughty words, bum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic! <laughs> you know, I'll just uh, I'll just say congrats again to Ian and Nikki. Yes, yeah, congratulations to them. While I'm here. On their engagement. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Congrats, guys. (laughs) Um, But yeah, looking forward to them coming back. Uh, I'm really, I'm really quite, uh, really really quite glad that they've they've given us this opportunity to do bootleg episodes in between because they could have just said we're going on a break and that's it, but. I I wonder how they'll feel about it. I know. <laughs> They'll come back and be like, "Hey, those, those naughty boys have taken over. What's happening?" <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, that's... they've left biscuit crumbs all over the floor. <laughs> it's all kosher. It's all and kosher. Popcorn. <laughs> and popcorn. Yeah. What's what's that? Is that a smell of coffee? What's happening there? <laughs> um, oh, 
But uh, yeah, perfect, gents. Um, where can everybody find you online, etc.? Stores, Twitters, Instagrams, whatever. Where's where's your best places, Mike? Well, I've got I've got Instagram, Twitter, and Deviant Art. I'm under the name Mike Sadaka, but I warn everyone that I'm not a big social media person, and I don't check my accounts all that often. So you you might you might notice I'll add something in maybe once a month or so. <laughs> and we've to all keep an eye out for your new comic that will be coming eventually. Yes, yeah. it will be coming eventually. Sadaka is spelled S-E-D-A-K-A-T. That's it. There we go. Uh, Nando, you're not online or socials or anything, but everybody can uh, find you on uh, That Comic Smell, can't they? Yes, they can. If there's any questions or anything, yeah, they can contact me there. Yeah. If you uh, if you want to contact Nando, I'm your uh, I'm your mediator. You get in touch at that comic smell uh, at gmail dot com. Uh, give me an give me an email or just even get in touch uh, through DMs or comments or anything at that comic smell on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I'll just quickly jump in whilst we're setting that up that you can find us on SoundCloud, YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any place that you usually get your podcasts. And also, if you just Google that comic smell, we're the first thing that usually pops up as well. Uh, Dave, where can everybody find you online, etc.? You can find me by uh, Googling Fred Egg Comics. That's the name of my website and my blog and I'm on Twitter at Fred Egg Comics uh, so that's how to get me Yep. F- and R- on that comic smell F-R-E-D E-G-G Fred Egg F-R-E-D yeah, yeah. like not- as in Frederick Egg yes. <laughs> not fried as, as Neil Neil Scott used to call me Frederick Egg <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's brilliant. And you have you I've been st- called worse. Have you got um I mean you've got your blog, but have you got um have you got any online comics on at the minute? Have you still got your Tay Bridge one going on at the minute? Well, yeah, that's still going on. Uh, that's on the blog. Right, okay. So you'd be able to get it. There's there's a lot of little um uh, what's the word? You know, there's there's tags down the down the right hand side that you can just look and if you get Tay Bridge they'll all come up for you. Okay, and that I'm planning to finish that off probably next year now after we've got that comic smell out the way in Christmas. So is that your is that your and next one? I think that'll be my next book after that comic smell comic, mm-hmm. which uh, you know it's been a funny thing doing that because I'm used to being in charge of everything, and we did, we did decide that that comic smell comic would be a Fred Egg comic which you know was decided between us yes as well yeah yeah and that was fine uh, and then I noticed that I was doing a Fred Egg comic that I wasn't just deciding everything <laughs> <laughs> so so I was thinking right I'll do that and all oh, right no I've got to run it past them haven't I and I've really grown to resent this <laughs> 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 no, it's been it's been really it's been interesting. I'm waiting for the thing that I ask everybody, and two of us like it, and two of us don't. That's going to be an interesting situation. The comic, I hate it. Get rid of it. <laughs> any, oh, oh, 
Yeah, you look at the finished thing and go, this is a bad idea, let's not do this. <laughs> oh, it's good though, it's good. I'm glad we've, uh, we've, we've we're all we're all on the imprint somehow. Good. Uh, you, yeah. You get your. You've got all your stuff up at Big Cartel and stuff. Break the cake, Mountain Rescue, all that kind yes. of stuff. Yeah. That's right. The links are all um, on the website actually, and on e- the blog. Actually, you, you you're even up on. You're even selling them on eBay. You can even find them on eBay. Break the cake and everything, can't you? That's right. I managed to get the uh, the author and artist to autograph them. Oh. <laughs> and uh, they're on sale on eBay. Nice. Perfect, guys. That was absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much for joining me across at Small Prest. It's been amazing having my uh, TCS crew with me here, reviewing all these books and not doing it by myself and extending it by about an hour and, oh, actually, no, probably about two hours and 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Normally, only a week. one today. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, we've rattled off the links already um, if you want to get in touch and point your comic over to myself for review or anything as usual uh, you can find me at that comic smell um, just give me an email or a DM or anything point us on to any latest comic project that you're doing, uh, your kickstarter or anything like that, we'll Certainly give it a shout out. We'll give it a shout out on that comic smell and I will very much give it a shout out on the lakes and we'd love to take a look at any new comics that are coming up. So that has been Small Pressed this time from Tom Stewart. David Robertson. (laughs) Fernando Pons. And me, Mike. Thanks very much, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, See you next time. Bye-bye. send us any comments or questions or just to say hello you can reach us by email at thatcomicsmell at gmail.com you can also follow us on twitter and instagram at thatcomicsmell share the podcast with your friends and followers we are on soundcloud spotify itunes youtube and most other places you find podcasts and don't forget to rate review and subscribe thanks for listening our music is by Chart Smasher and this track is Dial Up. You can find Chart Smasher on Twitter at Joan Edam and you can buy the tracks on Bandcamp.